You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to The Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by Rob Blanchett, as ever, fresh off the back of a second official summer signing for Manchester United. Andre Onana has joined and been given the number 24 shirt. He's on his way or is probably in and you're probably, by the time you're listening to this, seeing pictures of him in training with United in New York City, I believe, Rob. Very good news. You got your goalkeeper wish, Scott. You got it. So, look, we all knew with David De Gea that it was all a bit contentious. No Real understanding as to why Manchester United wanted to retain him when they had the opportunity to move him on. Why Ten Hag wanted a goalkeeper that couldn't move the ball with his feet. And guess what happened? They went and got a goalkeeper who can move the ball with his feet. So, Andre Anana, excellent signing. I think we've been ahead of the curve here on our show. We've talked about Anana now for a really, really long time. It feels like we've done multiple shows on him. And we're at the end. He's now actually a Manchester United player. Um, he's going to be the number one next season. And it'll be interesting to see now, I think, stylistically, what Manchester United do on this tour. Now they've got a goalkeeper that can genuinely pass the ball. We're not sure if he'll be jumped in straight away into the mix. I think United play Arsenal on Saturday. But as we did mention in their friendly so far, United have kind of played with... I think Eriton Hag has instructed the team to play in the manner that they would play when Onana's there. So I don't know. And Ten Hag knows, or Onana knows exactly what Ten Hag expects of him already. Mm-hmm. Or the Most of it. So maybe he does come in straight away. Well, Kovar's not gone on the tour. I don't know if you're aware of that. So mm-hmm. he's obviously gone with the, with the under-21 uh, part of the tour. And it, we obviously fully expect him to go out on loan now. So that kind of leaves you with like Heaton plus Onana. It probably means Heaton does start those games. That's not a problem. And it's just get, about getting an honour up to, to speed to be able to feature in a match. But I doubt he'll be in the next match, as you say. Yeah, but, that's true. But, he's only had a day's training or something. But he's had a day's training, but he has been training with Inter. So, like, you know, his fitness levels might be uh, of a required standard to be able to do 45 minutes in a football match in a friendly. Of course, fitness when it comes to goalkeepers isn't usually a question. But with Andre Onana, he's quite adventurous. He likes to come out of his box and, you know, get involved. Which How is many good. assists is he going to get next year, Scott? 
That's going to be go, sweet. Let's snakes. go 10. You <laughs> 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 wish. 10 and 10. Anyway, uh, today's show, we'll talk a little bit more about Onana. I won't spend too much time on it because that is official. Bruno Fernandes has been announced as club captain. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Rasmus Hoyland because that's going to be the crux of the show today because I think Onana in, Mason Mount in. Rasmus Hoyland, I think, might be next, and we'll see where United are with that one. We'll talk Sofian Amrabat as well towards the end of the show, and you can subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube as well. Head over to the channel, like, subscribe, and leave a comment for us as well, and follow us on the interweb, social media, website, things uh, at double underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Promise I'm MU for the show. And come and join us in Las Vegas. We're just under a week away from traveling out there now at UnitedCon from July 28th. And that is upon us, Rob. We'll be doing some stuff out there, I would think. And some I'm not I'm not sure exactly how the output will look yet in terms of what we put out, but we'll have a discussion of that on the long flight, I would imagine, Rob. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of kind of pre-production on a on a ten and a half hour flight to Vegas. So uh yeah, we'll go through it and we'll see what we'll put out for you guys. Yeah, visit united-con.com to book your place now. I think uh, running out of time to do that. But everyone who... I've had a few people reach out to me saying they're keen to come in and uh, meet us, Rob, and like be a part of it. So if you would like to, there is a chance. united-con.com. Anyway, let's talk about... Anything else to talk, talk about on Onana, Rob? I mean, how revolutionary is this a signing on the scale of 1 to 10 for United's style of play? 12. Okay. There we go. So that's that. Like that's he, not between one and 10. Yeah, but that's how revolutionary it is. That's so revolutionary, it's above 10. So I, I think the whole thing is that we've debated as to why Ten Hag does certain tactics and why he wants to play a certain way. And most of it is just, I think, crystal clear. Like it really is. It's about what the modern game is doing. You need a goalkeeper that isn't that guy who just goes and tips the ball away from the top corner, which is what De Gea's old MO was. You need someone that when the ball goes to their feet, that everyone in front of them open up, Scott. Everyone goes, I'm going to get a pass here. And we know with David De Gea, it was always so limited. So I think in terms of playing out from the back and United playing effectively, a goalkeeper is going to be much more revolutionary than a striker. Like, because you have players that can play through the middle. You just haven't got the one that you really want, but you may be about to get him as we will be talking. And I think with Anana, there was only one guy the manager wanted. It's been Anana for a while, from weeks and weeks and weeks. And as soon as Anana knew that his old manager wanted him, done and dusted. So it is a revolutionary sign. I don't like to normally do that and say stuff like that. But I think we're going to see stuff in the next few weeks where we're like, and you're going to be very it's excited. It's just such Scott. a departure in style, isn't it, from from what, what we saw before. Like, And, and that's why... It, it, it basically allows United to play a different game. And that is essentially why you use the word revolution. You can't watch teams like Man City and say, oh, look how great they are because they do this, this and this. And they're not plagiarise them. Like, this is what works in the game. Get a goalkeeper that can do these things. And I used to back David De Gea, didn't I? And I was always, because I am the moderate, you know, I'd always say that. Mm. I'd back David De Gea. And I, I, I'm not stupid. I know David De Gea can't play out with his feet. So if the manager wants that, get rid of David De Gea and bring in a goalkeeper that, that does that. And that's where we are. So you've now got a goalkeeper, I think, that will not just play out from the back, Scott, but he'll make those around him better. Like, he really will. And 
you'll find that the, the full-backs, the centre-backs will all be so much more comfortable. Casemiro dropping in for the ball will know that he'll get that extra five seconds to turn because he's getting a good, a good pass. He's not coming to the edge of the area. Do you remember the, the Harry Maguire mistake? Uh, and we all debated, was that Which Maguire's? One? The one where uh, David De Gea passed the ball to him on the edge of the box and he tries to play it out to the fullback. Which game was that? Was that Sevilla? Was Sevilla? That Sevilla? Yeah, I want to say was Sevilla. It, yeah. it feels like a European match, doesn't it? And uh, and and you can blame whoever you want there, but the truth is it comes from the first wave, which is where does that pass end up? Yeah, Maguire's, I remember that it was Sevilla. It was a yeah. big debate about it and like whose fault it was. And I said it was Maguire's fault because he's got to make that decision in that moment. But I do totally understand that he's looking at that pass thinking... I'm not getting a good pass here. I'm going to rush. So as soon as you've got a goalkeeper that can play those passes with his eyes closed, everyone else goes, oh, this is a lot easier, isn't it? So I think we'll see that with Anana now, is that we'll be a lot more like Man City from the back. Like there'll be a lot more passing out, a lot more rhythm, and the ball will go from back to front a lot more flu- with more fluidity. Um, I didn't manage to catch the full 90 of United Leon the other day because I was in a long meeting Um yeah, that's besides the point. But I did see, obviously, saw highlights of it. I saw clips going around, and we'd mentioned Kovar already. And there was a, a passage of play where I think he he was passing it along the back, and people were really quite taken aback by how good he was with his own distribution. There was a, an element yeah. of it where I think he passed it to Lisandro Martinez against the press, and Martinez just kind of pivoted, turned, and he was just he just ran into a flood of space for the, uh, like slightly above the penalty <laughs> area, and that's what we're talking about when we say. Ten Hag's already changed the mindset and now Onana's can, kind of come in and is that missing piece to allow them to do it better and properly. And yeah. I think that's the biggest change we'll see. Ten Hag's, yeah, Ten Hag's done what all good coaches do and that is, this is my philosophy and if you guys can't do it, then over time I will ebb away from you and I will find ways of playing that philosophy. Here we are 12 months on and we saw what he wanted to do last season. It was all very evident for one five counter press, pass out from the back, all of this stuff. And then it all went a bit mishmash with the injuries and towards the end of the season with the fatigue because you haven't got the options. So what do you do as a coach? You go back to the transfer market and you find those players. You don't worry that Harry Maguire is your captain. You just sit him on the bench. You just say, sorry, lad, you're not playing. You don't worry that David De Gea is a, a legendary goalkeeper. You say, well, we did want you for 200 grand a week, but do you know what? We don't. You can stay for 120 and sit on our bench. Then the player leaves. This is how you manage these situations in any workplace. You try and edge people out the door so you can bring in better people. And I, I just think that's the way it is with uh, with Anana. is that he will scare a few United fans. I've said that repeatedly, but I also think a lot of United fans just love what they see from him because when he's clipping balls out to feet to the right wing or the left wing and it's literally going to feet, everyone at Old Trafford's going to be like, We've not we've not seen this before. This is this is all very accurate. This feels like what we watch when we watch Man City. So plagiarize the best teams, but do it your own way. You know, you're gonna see United play out from the back now a hell of a lot this season. As I saw this morning as well on Twitter, uh yes, you might get the Onana scary moments, odd moments. But equally, you probably watched David De Gea over the last year and thought, oh God, what's gonna happen here? So maybe you had that element of fear. Every when, game. Yeah, most games. Every game when David David Hay can have a good game with his feet and his best game is not as good as Edison or Allison or Onana's worst game with their feet. So that's the problem, isn't it? Is that you, you're, only, you're only operating with this kind of fake ceiling about where you're pushing the goalkeeper. And that's why the manager withdrew the contracts. That's why he said, look, you know, 
I didn't have a budget for this, but now I'm making sure I've got a budget for this and you're going to have to probably depart the football club. And I'm okay with that because that's a football decision. It's nothing personal. It's just like we need someone who can play out from the back more. Anana is that player. And I like it as well that he's quite a gregarious character. Like he, he's, he's strong-willed. I, think I saw an interview with him yesterday yeah. where he dropped an S-bomb in it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. There was going to be plenty of that, but I, I like yeah. goalkeepers to be a little bit mad. Like I, th- I like to do. I like them to have that kind of edge to them. Um, and I, th- I think that he's going to help the the back four in front of him to be a proper unit. And I think that's what De Gea didn't really do. De Gea didn't didn't add to that. He was just a kind of last minute shot stopper. And as you've pointed out many times, his shot stopping maybe is not at the elite level that it was, say, two or three years ago. So you're losing his main kind of credibility there. But I think when you look at Anana, he is a really good shot stopper. He will pass the ball out from the back. Man United will play a lot more football. Good week for United. Onana signed. Uh, Marcus Rashford's contract has been confirmed. We talked about that on the last show. Um, five-year deal till 2028. And also Bruno Fernandes was announced as club captain on mm. when? Thursday. Mm. Uh, we knew that was going to happen as well, Rob. Yeah. Quick comment. Yeah, the right the right decision out ultimately. You don't need to rock the boat by, by putting in a left-field captain. And I do think that Bruno Fernandes... Uh, deputised for Harry Maguire virtually all the last season. So he kind of is already the captain, isn't he? I think the biggest debate was, does Bruno start games every time when you bring in other players? And I think the fact that you brought Mason Mount in as your midfield signing and not Frankie de Jong or someone like that, it means that you're going to see Bruno Fernandes be on a football pitch every game. And I think he'll probably be closer up to the top end of the pitch as number 10. Is he too petulant to be captain? No, I, I highlighted that, didn't I, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about it. And I said, I don't like those things about Bruno. He, he just has to sort it out. Like, that's 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 the be-all and end-all of it, is that when he's on a football pitch, he has to conduct himself, not like a statesman or anything like that, but he has to make sure that he isn't the one falling over all the time. <laughs> he isn't the one maybe setting a bad example. But I don't think these other millionaire footballers around him, Scott, are going to look at the captain and go, Oh, because our captain falls over them, then that's a bad example for us. Now they're they're all men who who are highly <laughs> skilled individuals. So I think with Bruno, it's more actually having a figurehead, one of your starters. Uh, and I think he he's a a better captain's choice than Harry Maguire. I, that's, I I put it as simple as that. But I would have quite liked to have seen someone like Martinez be the captain, or I said even Casemiro. It's too but, early. I would have liked that yeah. too. It was too early for him. But it's better, isn't it? You've got a number of leaders now as opposed yeah. to just maybe one or two. And I think when Harry Maguire was made captain, the real issue was... The question who's was, who, who's, who's the leader? Like, There's no leaders in this team. And now you look at you look through the spine of it and you probably say, Onana's got enough about him to be considered in that bracket, you'd think. Martinez, definitely. Rafa Varane, been there, done it everywhere. Casemiro, Bruno Fernandes, who is your captain. That's your spine right yeah. there. I'll go you, to Luke Shaw, growing into it. You, you you need leaders who don't need the armband. That's what you need. So even like Mason Mount, I put into that category. Like the first thing he said in his interview was, I pull people out in the dressing room. Be be sure of that. That's what I do. I know that's what's needed. I have to lead. And I like that. Marcus Rashford, even, you know, he's more of a quiet leader, but definitely a kind of figurehead of the football club. So you've now got more players that look like leaders or want leadership roles, as opposed to when Harry Maguire got the armband and we were all a little bit like, there's really no one else to get it. Maybe De Gea at that point you could have given it to, but people didn't want a, a goalkeeper to have the, the armband. So, yeah, I, I, I'm all good with, with Bruno. And I think I think he'll enjoy being captain as well. He he has that ego about him. I think he'll enjoy being Manchester United captain, leading the team out there. And if Man United win trophies in the next year or two, 
he'll be the guy with his hands on the silverware. I think he'll really enjoy that role. We talk leaders. This is no uh, no criticism of Rasmus Hoyland. He's on the other end of the spectrum in terms of experience and, and all this kind of stuff. 20 yeah. years old, wanted by Man United and is very much a raw development project, but one raw development project that United quite fancy the look of and quite fancy taking on. Now, yeah. this week, suggestions... Well, this, it's been confirmation uh, from, from our under 90 minutes and just to various places. Uh, United have agreed personal terms with his camp and with the player himself. So it's a kind of where we stand now is Rasmus Hoyland wants this move to happen. Man United want the player. Atalanta are open to selling, but they have a price that they want to be met. United have, and in credit to United, we're talking about this off podcast. United for years have been, look how much money we've got. We're going to pay Leicester, whatever. We'll pay you 80 million for Harry Maguire, you know, because we got loads of money. This year it's been, nah, money's tight. And as as much as you want to, you can criticize the stance of, well, United have got FFP issues and, you you know, they haven't got a lot of money to spend. And while this is the downfall of the richest club in the world, is there some kind of uh, the fact that United are publicizing that so much? Does it necess- maybe it stresses the position that they're in to other clubs who thought in maybe last year that they could end up rinsing them for a transfer fee? And we've seen it in, I think United they may be overpaid for Mason Mount, but not not dramatically. They didn't pay eighty million for Mason Mount. I think you know they they they're, they're looking in a ballpark of like forty five to sixty million quid, which. It's probably where you should be looking for players. I don't think you can really say in today's market that 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 amount of money is overpaying for you know talent that you think is going to play in your first team for the next five years. I don't don't really think when you, when you're a club of United's aspirations, that's the market City buying or have been buying in for a few years. I know they've gone up now with the the Guardiola fee and this kind of thing, but yeah, I, I mean I've been quite impressed. United have stuck to their guns. And I think that's what they're doing here. Like from what I understand, they're looking, they've got a ceiling of 60 million euros uh, for Asmus Island, and they're sticking to that. Rob, I don't know whether you've heard any different, but that is, they're basically saying, this is as much as we're prepared to pay. And if you're not prepared to play ball with us and you're not prepared to meet us in the middle or come to an agreement that we're happy with, that you're happy with, then we'll go and get someone else. I think the threats of Kola Muani personally to me are a bit like, mm. you know, uh, we have this other option over here if you're not going to play ball, but I don't. I don't really think United are going to actually do that. Maybe they'll make some noises. Remember the Caicedo thing with Mason Mount. Oh, well, United have switched their attention to Moises Caicedo now instead of Mason Mount, and a week later, Mason Mount signed. You know, um, I'm rambling, Rob. Any you want to cut in before? There's there's more for me to to talk about, but I'm rambling. Yeah, let's take let's take care of our views through the timeline a little bit. So a month ago, we did a show called United Want Hoyland. Everyone was like, oh, well, we kind of knew that, didn't we? We were like, well, no, what's changed? Well, what changed at the time was Harry Kane. So we know with the Harry Kane situation, that's ongoing. It's still bubbling away, isn't it? Don't talk will about he, Harry Kane. Will he stay at Spurs? <laughs> will he not stay at Spurs? We won't put Harry Kane in the title, so don't get upset, people. Um, but Harry Kane, it was always about if you could get Harry Kane, then that's the strike you're going to go and do business for. Harry Kane is still up in the air. It's no kind of clear. It's as clear as mud. So United a month ago looked at their striking options and Hoyland was the one that they felt that they could go and get 
but they didn't like Atalanta's asking price. So Atalanta suddenly were going through Gazetta de, de la Sport and people like that. They want 70 million. They want 80 million. This is what we're going to do business at. And let's be honest, the old Manchester United would have done that. The Ed Woodward Man United that used to love to flash the cash. And as Ed once said, you know, the Galactico project of Manchester United. Um, bit silly doing that, isn't it? Because you're really putting yourself on an echelon there that you probably shouldn't be on. If you're going to go get someone like Hoyland, as you just said, they're right. They're the beginning, Scott. He's a development project. You can't pay top whack for him, but you're still going to have to pay something. So Man United got Mount and they got Anana, both for under the initial valuations of those two football clubs, yeah, from Chelsea and Inter Milan. And they're going to do the same with Atalanta. That's the right way to do it. I think the, the big thing to say here, Scott, and this is, I think, the, the real... The real bit where you kind of the litmus test of, of whether the player comes or not is does the player really want it? Does the player really want this? Rasmus Hoyland is a Manchester United fan. He really wants this move. So I think when you look at Anana, as soon as Anana heard that United were in, it was no choice. He was leaving in and he was coming. And he's even said that, didn't he, in his comments the other day? Mm. When I get the chance to go out at Old Trafford, it's like the mm. biggest opportunity of my life. I've got to take it. Mason Mount could have gone to several clubs and demanded, banged his fist on the table and said, I'm only going to Manchester United, Chelsea, you tell me that's where I'm going. He pushed that move. With Rasmus Hoyland now, I think that's where we're going in the next week or two. He wants the move. Man United feel they can get him for now for a good price. I initially said only, I think, yesterday or the day before, that United were probably going to have to push towards the mid-60s on him. But that's come in a lot now because I think United feel they can do this business at the lower end of their own valuation. And it feels that Atalanta are moving on from him already. They're, they're inquiring about strikers. They're looking for a replacement. They're already spending money, Scott, that they haven't got. But that money will be coming to them via Manchester United accounts. Yeah, El Bilal Torre is one of the targets that they would uh, they see as a potential replacement. He's been linked with a lot of clubs. Uh, but it does make a lot of sense. I'm, I've seen Hugo Ekatike's name linked with them as well. Moved to PSG last year after... Newcastle made a public play for him and mm. that went very well for him. Uh, that's sarcasm, total sarcasm. But uh, yeah, I think the sticking point of the minute, like we're already talking about at personal terms agreed in principle. Mm. United are, as is the as is the problem here, Like, and, and I'll reference back, Atalanta are previous with Man United overpaying for one of their players. They bought Ahmad for too much money a few years ago and that was just two, three years ago. So it's, it's not far in the past, you know. So they probably think, or there was probably a point where they thought, oh, well, it's Man United. We can ask a little bit more money than we usually would for, for this kind of player. And I th- to their credit, I think United have changed. <clears throat> I think the sticking point of the minute might be, and I, I wrote an article on this a couple of days ago as well, that Atalanta want chunks of money up front this year and next. I think that what we reported the other day is they want the fee in two halves over the next two years. Mm. And I think, you know, United obviously don't want to do that. They want to try and stretch it out as far as they possibly can just to save their cash position, this kind of thing. Uh, but to be honest, I think this is just going to take some time to work out through talks. Atalanta and, not, and clubs in Serie A, as we know, are not exactly cash rich. So I think United have that advantage in their pocket as well of, you know, Atalanta probably could do with this money to reinvest. And they're making a hell of a lot of money on him anyway, given they only signed him, what, like, what 12, 18 months ago or something like that for a, a very small fee in comparison to what they'd make this time. 
Mm-hmm. Atalanta obviously have, and I, I gave this example on a video I did yesterday. I think United are looking at this player now because they're very conscious that if he goes and scores 20, 25 goals in Serie A this season, he's going to cost the same money as what Victor Osman probably costs now or like 100 million euros or something like that. So mm. people might level at United that they are overpaying in this instance, but a slight argument for it, maybe given he hasn't actually done much in football yet, but at the same time, they probably if this works out, and you trust that Eric Ten Hag knows what he's doing, given all the success he's had so far with developing players. That that will be a bargain if this transfer goes well in the future. Definitely. Look again. I think you can really use the Anana deal as a as a barometer as to how this this potentially might go. Sorry, my watch was talking to me. I was about to say, I was like, what was that noise? And kind of scared. I didn't wonder if it was in my head or something. (laughs) But um, I think you can look at the Anana deal and obviously with Inter Milan, obviously being an Italian club, you can look at kind of the structure of that. So let's uh, compare that just briefly. Is that Inter Milan initially said that they wanted closer to 60 million. Manchester United said that they were looking more at around 40. And our information, I think, several weeks ago, and we said it on the show, put our neck on the block, so that Manchester United did not want to pay a penny over 47 million. That was what we quoted. The deal is coming at 47.2 plus add-ons. So I think Man United will stick to their guns with this. They've got a kind of a benchmark of what they will do with Atalanta in terms of price-wise. Atalanta will get a good fee for him, but they're not going to get this kind of blockbuster, incredible fee. They were looking at kind of that 70 to 80 million mark and Manchester United rightfully said, we're not doing that business. We're not even going there. We're not even going to chat about that. (laughs) We'll leave it there. We're going to look at more this end of the spectrum. So whatever they get um, Hoyland for will be what they believe is still value in terms of their overall project. They need a striker. This is something you cannot run away from in the same way that they needed a goalkeeper. It was just something you, you couldn't, you couldn't debate, could you? There was no debate. De Gea is off out the out the club. You need a goalkeeper. Man United need a number nine. Why? Well, not because they haven't got a number nine in house. They've got Martial. They've got Rashford. It's because you let Ronaldo go. So Ronaldo's gone. He was your number nine. The guy who's supposed to score all your goals. So Hoyland's coming in, and I think it will be a different type of uh, of signing in the sense that you'll pay good money for him. He will pay most of the games, but you're going to play him in a different style, like. I said it yesterday and I have to keep repeating it. He is not Haaland, Hoyland, Haaland, both blonde, both Scandinavian. That's basically where the similarities begin and end. He could become a really goal-scoring number nine forward, but it's because he does different factions around the box. What he, How he plays, likes to drop in, likes to link play, likes to let players run beyond him. And he's also got pace to be able to then rejoin the play. That's why Ten Hag wants him because that's the kind of player he wants in the number nine shirt. So I think this is why, I, like we said, didn't we? I said last week, I think this gets done at the end of the window. I'm now going to scrap that. I think United probably probably get this done in two or three weeks and get him even potentially on the tour because he's so keen. And Manchester United feel like they've made headway now in terms of the fee. Atalanta need the money. They're, all the Italian clubs need this cash in the same way that Inter did. Inter wanted that money for Anana. And I think Anana revealed it yesterday, didn't he? He said, all parties wanted this deal. And that's exactly the line that we said a week ago, is that when all parties are are together, you can find a way. And that's kind of where we feel we are now with Hoyland. United consciously shopping in Serie A this year. We'll talk about Sofiane Amrabat in a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, that one not quite as advanced, I would I would say, to put it lightly. But, you know... United have to start looking at value, and I think they have 
done that a lot better this summer than they have in previous transfer windows over the last, you know, even five, 10 years. So mm. um, anything to add on Rasmus Hoyland, Robert? I think we've covered all the main bases, but, you know, do you think, let, let's, I'll ask you this one. Do you think he's in for the first game of the Premier League season? Yes, potentially. Like I, I, I do feel that this, this deal is a goer now. And there was always a lot of debate about it, about what Manchester United could do in the negotiation terms. And as you've said there, they've agreed the wages, they've agreed kind of the, the basis of the player's deal and the player is desperate. And I think once the player wants to come, you've won the battle. So um, I think with with uh, Hoyland, he could be there for the first game of the season, but that's not the most important thing, Scott. The most important thing is that he's here, is that you have a number nine that you can now develop and you can move away from Anthony Martial. So Martial isn't fit or doesn't want to leave or wants to sit on his contract and earn all that money. And he can do that exactly the same way of what you said to Harry Maguire last week to him. You went, well, if you're going to stay okay, you're not our captain anymore and you're not going to play. Suddenly players don't like that, Scott. Suddenly they start talking and that they want to leave. So this is all part of it. I think if you go get Hoyland and that, and that play comes in in the next two or three weeks, it suddenly means you can move a Martial maybe a little bit more easily, or you can find a fee for him or an exit out the door. You've got Rashford. You've got all your other contracts kind of tied up now. You just need to get that number nine in. And I think he will be... A, it won't be an automatic start, Scott, but I think he will start 75% of the games. Yeah, I think that's a safe way to summarise it. Manti Martial, you mentioned there, I think he's out of contract at the end of this season, if I haven't... He'll go to De Gea away. I think, yeah, I, I think that's the way it's looking. They won't trigger anything. And in the end, it will, we'll get to the point where they go, will they trigger the year? Will they trigger the year? Will they trigger the year? Martial might come off the bench, score some goals. We'll go, he's quite good again, isn't he? Oh, and he gets injured again. It's the same story. It goes around into like perpetual non-stop. So I, I think that United's have made it pretty crystal clear that they want a striker. That's This is where they're going. And it is to do really with Martial's failures last season. I think that's the big reason why they've gone in that direction. And of course, Cristiano Ronaldo leaving the football club. I wouldn't rule out that extension necessarily being triggered if Martial can prove over the course of a season that he can stay fit and score goals. But I, I just can't see that happening. So not on, not on what he's on. I think this is the thing. United are really keen to shrink their that's waist. True, that's true. It's that's huge. True. And, and I think this is the, where the De Gea thing came about is that the, the sick thing about De Gea was that you offered him 200 grand a week to stay and then you didn't sign the contract that you offered him. So like, all right, maybe just don't offer him that contract. I don't see that being the same thing with Martial. I don't think they say, oh, do you know what? You're on our bench, so we'll give you hundred grand a week. I don't think Martial's going to like that. He's going to go somewhere else, earn his money, and play his football. So, it, yeah, look, Martial would have the chance I think, to, to play football next year. Like as I said, if if Hoyland's only playing seventy five percent of the games, which is still quite a lot of games, then Martial might start twenty five percent and give you some value, and you might be able to look after his fitness a bit more. Yes, indeed. Let's talk about Sofiane Amrabat, who yes. is. I think this one, you know, are going to need to start, uh, you know, shifting some players on first. I think there's a there's a, the Alex Tellers deal we talked about the other day has hit a hitch, uh, and now I don't think that Al Nasser move is actually. I think they've had second thoughts, and uh, that's not good news. Uh, but I do know that Flamengo are one of the teams uh, who are interested in him. I think he would like to go back to Brazil. So this might be a case of, you know, free transfer, get out. Uh, but that's not four million that they're adding to the bank as it stands. Uh, but they do need to sell other players. Donny van der Beek admitting after the friendly the other day, I might leave publicly. Mm. Fred is on the chopping block as well. So there's some players there that you could potentially raise some money for. Just a word on van der Beek. 
he wanted to work for him. He, he's just a lovely guy, isn't he? Just a nice lad. Mm, lovely goal gonna... as well. Great goal. It was great goal. Really great goal. I don't know if we're going to sound ruthless here or a bit of a, a bit of a jerk. I, I, I don't care. Like, I want players that do well for you. That's all I care about. So, like, I, I, I want players to do well. There's always something that you kind of lean towards in terms of their personality. And Donny van der Beek is an articulate guy, and I think he deserves success. But he only really deserves it if he proves it on a football pitch. And he just hasn't. Like, he's just been unlucky with injury. And when he's had opportunity, he just looks soft. He never really got up to speed with the Premier League. And I think that's the reason why he is on the chopping block. And, and it's a bit like Fred. Fred's a popular guy. Lots of people like Fred because he runs around a lot and all this. And then when they moan about Man United's technicality, they don't look at the players that are the problems in terms of the technicality. And Fred is a problem in the same way that Scott McTominay is a problem. In that other players are problems. that You have to sort those problems out to move them on. So I think with Donny is that I wouldn't be against Donny van der Beek staying another season to, to have a go at it. Would I go to Old Trafford, Scott, on a Saturday or a Sunday and go, oh, I'm really happy that Donny van der Beek's in the starting lineup today? No, I wouldn't. I just don't care. I want players that help you win. That's why I want Anana at the football club in, in goal, because I think he'll help you win more games than maybe De Gea did last season. And that's from someone that supported David De Gea. So that's my balancing point. Uh, I hope you know, I hope Donny has a good career. Like He's been unlucky, I think, at Man United. But I also think that he needs to carry the responsibility as to why his form has been so, what's the word? <sighs> Drab. Hmm. I, I, I use the word pathetic for Jaden Sancho's form last uh, recently. And and I I would say the same for Donny. Just to mention on Jaden playing the false nine the last week against Leon, thought he was very good. Really good game from him. Watched the whole game and his movement, his energy, his work through the middle, drifting into the half space. I was like, yes, Jaden. That looks like someone who's dialed in, but that's only a pre-season match, isn't it? So we need to see that now in a new campaign. Yes. Uh, so they'll need to raise some money. And Sofian yeah. Amrabat is... United have had conversations with his representatives, but they are not the only clubs who have had conversations as well. I think you can add Liverpool into that about early inquiries made, West Ham into that as well. Barcelona. Barca, but Bar, everyone, Rob, everyone wants to go to Barcelona, but Barcelona don't have any money. Yeah, exactly. That, that's and that's the be all and end all. Atletico Madrid are also in there as well, but they're in a similar position. They need to sell first. So it's a case of, if you ask me, or if you ask most, I think Amrabat would like to go to Spain. I, I would say that, but that might not be the reality. And I would say Premier League is a very, very valid option for him. Now, Liverpool are selling some players. Uh, Jordan Henderson, Fabinho, both leaving. And I look at that Liverpool midfield and I think they don't have a defensive midfielder in there like at all. So I, I, personally, I think they need one. So I, I would think that might be a bit of a threat uh, to United. But looking at a 30 million euro deal for a player in the last year of his contract, who's just had a great World Cup. Usually you wouldn't like to buy players off the back of a great World Cup because they're overpriced. But in this instance, that's great value. But I think United need to raise some money first and their CEO Joe Baroni has said we've not received any proposal for Sofiane yet I told him to stay focused on our club but they are in talks with his representatives and I think if United managed to get their house in order do you think this one could be done before Hoyland? Potentially yes I do because uh, uh, again let's kind of talk through the, the, the timeline Amrabat would love to go to Barcelona that's the truth. So that's so that. <laughs> you see Jao Felix's comments the other day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. See, that's that's a classic example, isn't it, about what players 
outwardly project, but then that's not always what the business is, is saying. Uh, but I think with Amrabat, uh, Fred's going. Man United are going yeah. to sell him, just the way it is. And they want to sell Scott McTominay as well. They want to. You haven't got Sabitzer. That's Sabitzer. That has, has kind of that ship has sailed and gone away. I think That's... he scored four goals in a friendly 27-0 win the other day, though. So maybe... There you go. Those classic Bundesliga friendlies before and where their teams win 30-0 and stuff like that. Um, but they're three central midfielders who fulfill a certain, like, what I would call running around function. Like, if you want to play number six, great, but you need players that can have energy in the core part of the pitch. Mason Mount brings a little bit of that, doesn't he? That's part of his game. But I do think that when you look at Amrabat, the the key component here and the key um, the key rival to go and get him is Liverpool. You're right. Like Liverpool now, they've just sold seven hundred thousand pound a week waged Jordan Henderson. Not done yet. Not done yet. But I think it's it done. It's done. He's going out there. It's done. Liverpool are quite happy to push that that deal through. That's not kind of money that they were going to get for him for a player of maybe his age and maybe a player who doesn't particularly going to feature as much going forward. But they need an Amrabat. Liverpool need an Amrabat-type play. Of course, the whole Fabinho thing comes into that as well. Um, I think with the player himself, and this is, again, the big point with Inanna, and even to an, an extent, like we've said before, the likes of Anthony and Martinez, everyone like that, is that Amrabat is a former Ten Hag player. And Ten Hag loves doing this, the old tap-up merchant. That's what I'm going to start calling him, a little bit like Fergie used to do the kind of phone call in the middle of the night type thing and come and play for me, son, type thing. And I think with Amrabat, seeing United being active, like in terms of like Anana, Mount, and seeing kind of that they're pushing on the project and they're trying to obviously be a viable Champions League contender next year and a Premier League contender, it suddenly looks a lot more exciting. A year ago, I think Amrabat might look to Man United and go straight out, no, thank you, not interested in this. What's my point? I want to go to Barcelona. So I think he'll come to the Premier League. I really do. I think that's where his representatives would like him to go because that's where the money is. But I think there's a big opportunity in Manchester United in terms of the midfield because Casemiro and Amrabat, I think, will be the kind of building blocks of that midfield. And that will allow the likes of Mount, Eriksen, Bruno, everyone else in the team to go and do the more forward-thinking jobs. And he's a really good player. You're right. At that price, there's not going to be a lot of haggling at that. I think Man United know that they'd have to get very close to his club's asking for you to be able to execute that deal. I suppose when I look at the Liverpool team, it's, it's, it's what you prefer, I guess. United can offer Champions League football, but I don't automatically think Amrabat's a starter, given the midfield that they have. Hmm. Whereas with Liverpool, they have Europa League football, but I do think they could make him an automatic starter for most games. So, I, difficult decision. It depends. It depends who can get the house in order first for me. Definitely. Who wants him most? That often is the way with these deals, is that whoever goes in earliest and hardest, you you go get the player. Uh, But I think the manager side of it is important. What I will say is this, even though he has that link with Ten Hag and Ten Hag knows him really well and has spoken about him outwardly in the past, I also do think that Jurgen Klopp is quite a persuasive individual. Jurgen Klopp is brilliant at the old phone call and changing someone's mind to to come and play for Liverpool because he, he sells Liverpool... In a, in a very unique way. And it's the kind of way that Pep does with City. Like, Pep is bigger than Man City, dare I say. Like, Pep is the guy that people want to play for. Yeah, you say. It's absolutely correct. <laughs> well, it's absolutely correct. And I, and I think the thing is with Liverpool, having a, a poor season last year, or what you would say a below average season for them, not getting anywhere near their own uh, kind of goals, that 
you can go to an Amrabat, can't you, and say, look, we, we're moving these midfielders on. Here's our captain. He's gone out to the football club because he's just won the lottery. So is there any chance that you'd like to come and play for us? And I think Jurgen Klopp was very good at that. And Amrabat might look at that and go, yeah, I'm more likely to start at Liverpool next season because they haven't got Casemiro. We'll see how that one develops. United have a ton of players that they'd like to sell on, but obviously that's yeah. going to take some work for them. They will need to offload some players they need to get better at. You were going to say something? Right? Charlie Savage on his way out the door, I believe. Uh, Charlie Savage got off to Reading. So again, that's another squad piece of a midfield that you're you're talking about moving on. Someone that a year ago you were talking about maybe giving minutes to or, or finding the loan that bridged the gap. So that Savage, Zidane's gone. You, those two players are not going to make that first team leap now, which means that you will be looking for some kind of midfielder to help out in the mix. Shout out for Kobe Manu. He's going to get minutes. Like he's the guy. He's the one who's go, who's remaining. He's going to be king. Like I'm, I'm going to say this. I think I did a tweet yesterday. It said I'm chairman of the Kobe Manu fan club, and I have been. I'm banging his drum for a year now in the same way that I was banging Garnacho's drum a year ago. So, I, 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 yeah, he's going to get minutes, but you're going to have to let him develop, aren't you? Like, it's great seeing him on his tour games playing, and I'm looking forward to seeing him in the flesh. I hope we 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 see him in Las Vegas. Because I think he's an incredible talent, an all-round number eight who can who can do the things for you that Fred can't do and that Scotty Scotty McTominay cannot do. But then you still do need an Amrabat type player to help the likes of Manu out. If United get these deals done, I think I'll be relatively happy with the squad balance. That is Hoyland and uh, Sofian Amrabat and Johnny Evans. Obviously, sorry if uh, the the volume jumped there, but I'm just so excited. About Johnny, Evans. he's getting a contract. I'm I putting my neck on the block. He's getting 12 yeah. months. He's going to get a 12 month contract. And uh, I, I think when we, I, I think reading the tea leaves, I think Harry Maguire will be on the plane for the tour. And then Harry well, they're Maguire, out, right? well, they're out there, was on the plane for the tour, I should say. And then we'll be on a plane back to the UK or somewhere else uh, to negotiate a potential new contract for him at another football club. Well, that's it for us, I think, today. Uh, subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube. We do twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays, generally. Although, I don't know, uh, when, we're, when we're away, you might get some impromptu pod drops. Some live we'll live stuff, live content here, maybe, Scott? Yes, indeed, we'll see. We'll decide that in the coming days and hopefully there's some extra special bits coming as well. So head over to the channel, like subscribe and leave a comment for us as well. Leave a five-star review on audio platforms, Spotify, Google and Apple podcasts and leave a nice comment for us as well. And we do, we do see those and we do appreciate them and uh, follow us on Twitter as well at double underscore Scott Saunders at underscore Rob underscore B and at promise and MU for the show. I'm also on Instagram, TikTok, etc. at double underscore Scott Saunders. Rob, your, your channel's launched. Yes. Well, look, I'm, thanks to when lo- a load of people subscribed last week uh, after I spoke about it, but yeah, if you guys could all jump on uh, to my new YouTube channel, it's the same here as my, uh, as my handle here for Twitter. So if you want to find me on, uh, on the YouTube, it's youtube.com forward slash at underscore rob underscore b and yeah i'm going to be doing a ton of live content next season but also from the tour and it's just gonna be a lot more man united things so if you enjoy our show here and you enjoy what i do and what we kind of put out as a product please follow that channel because that's how you help me grow it yes and please follow us as well we'll see you next week for some more promised land chat until then everyone thanks for listening have a great weekend and we'll see you soon when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.